But this Sunday is a very uh, unique Sunday. Um, a couple of times a year, on behalf of our elder leadership team, we have uh, we like to call a bit of a family conversation as a church. And it's sort of a window into what we believe uh, God is doing in our midst and, and how he's continuing to call us forward. And so if you're a guest here this morning, know that this isn't a normal Sunday for us, what you're going to experience. Um, but I hope that it's a great Sunday for you to get a little bit of a glimpse of, of what God's doing in our midst and, and, uh, and who we are as a church family. Um, we're so glad that you're here. And um, even though this is a bit of a different Sunday, really excited that this is the Sunday you chose to be with us. And I hope you're encouraged by what you see. And for those of you whom this is your church home, uh, God isn't done surprising us yet. And we hope that you'll be enriched and energized by kind of this, this reflection on God's faithfulness to us in our midst. Um, it's hard to believe that Christ Community as a church has been a church now for uh, 26 years. Um, we've been here in Brookside for three years, um, but our history much, runs much deeper than that uh, three years that we've been here. It was in 1989 that Tom and Liz uh, first began Christ Community. And it was our prayer six years ago when we began decade three, when we were launching into this third decade of ministry, that it would be a decade of deployment, of giving ourselves away in our neighborhoods, in our city, and in our world, multiplying disciples, leaders, and churches. And now we would have loved to have brought all five of our campus pastors and senior pastors here this morning at Brookside for all of us to, to gather here and share a little bit of what's been going on and what we're excited about. But obviously we can't do that because that would leave all of our other campuses without, without leaders um, on a Sunday morning. Um, but recently when we were filming our upcoming uh, community group curriculum for the winter session, we had all of us, all of our campus pastors and senior pastors together, and we wondered, could we capture that conversation on video? Could we capture a little bit what we would have loved to do at each campus live on a video to be able to share across campuses together. And the video we're going to show uh, is a bit longer than normal. It's about 15 minutes, um, but that's what happens when you get seven pastors in a room. Um, you end up with a 15-minute video. Uh, but the conversation we had, uh, genuine, unscripted conversation, uh, we wanted every campus to take part in. We wanted all of our campuses to get to see and let me just say, what you're about to see on the screen is one of the absolute favorite things of mine about working at Christ Community, because the people you see on this video are some of my best friends in the world. And I don't know that many people get to say they work with some of their best friends in the world, um, but it's such a privilege to serve alongside of these, uh, of these amazing leaders and brothers in Christ. And so, as we work together um, for the furtherance of the gospel and the flourishing of our communities and the glory of Jesus, it's so great to get to do this as a team. So take a look. Well, it's great to be together and get a little bit of chance to talk with one another and kind of look back and look forward. And Tom, we sit here, I, I remember six years ago, I think we, as we headed into this third decade as a church, uh, we said we hoped that this third decade of Christ Community, first decade of development and the second decade of deepening. We wanted this thir third decade to be defined by this word of deployment. And we sit here with these campus pastors and I just wonder, and I'd love to hear from all of you, but just, you know, Tom, get us started. As you look back over the last six years, what surprised you? You know, where you sit right now, what surprised you about the way God has worked through our hope and dream that this 
this decade would be defined by the, this word of deployment. Yeah, we said, you know, we wanted to give ourselves away rather than turn inward at this stage because churches often do that. Yeah. And I think what's really surprising and encouraging and invigorating to me is that in God's faithfulness, in our humble obedience, God is continuing to expand us and to give ourselves away in greater ways than multiplication. I just look around this table and I think of all the changes, all the good changes of God's faithfulness. Each one around this table is evidence of not only the new phase we're in in terms of leadership, but a new stage of deployment and faithfulness to God. And it's just so amazing. From the very beginning, we've seen God's faithfulness. Dominica, Tim, you at Shawnee, just our newest campus, uh, and your leadership there, Bill at Brookside, and all that God is doing there. I mean, how exciting then. And Nathan, your great work at Olathe for these years. Gabe in downtown, uh, how exciting to see what you are doing and the creativity and uh, Andrew taking the lead at Leewood. It's just so thrilling to see, and I know for you too, Kevin, mm -hmm. that our leadership team is expanding, and this is not only good for our mission, but it's so deep to Christ's community that we have all these wonderful le leaders. As you guys lead with integrity, part, and skillful hands, it's very encouraging. I don't know if that's surprising as much as it's invigorating to me, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah, particularly, I mean, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more. There's this, we've used this language around here that there's this gravitational pull to focus more on ourself, uh, and I think as we were even thinking about this third decade, just really working to fight that gravitational pull to more of a self-centered way of thinking about church and, and not being active and giving ourselves away. And, and I think part of what surprises me, and maybe it's my lack of faith, you know, but uh, it, it is the acceleration level of our multiplication that we said we wanted to give ourselves away, and I think we really did, but I think God's really taken us at our word, yeah. and he's really stretching us, yeah. and we're multiplying yeah. and deploying at a level. I guess, again, I wouldn't have anticipated this rate of acceleration, and it truly is amazing, uh, a tribute to God and to yeah. and what God is doing. Yeah, you all have been involved in this in a variety of ways and lengths of time, so maybe I'd love for you to jump in too, and as you look back, as campus pastors, you look back over the last six years, uh, whatever length you've experienced of that, what surprised you? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I look back even, even before this third decade started, because um, we started the Olathe campus nine years ago. And I mean, that was nine years. <laughs> yeah, nine years. And, and awesome. that was, you know, the Leewood campus stepping out in faith and beginning this, this heritage for all of us to be a part of and, and to continue to see the growth and the energy at Leewood and the ways that that has... Uh, yeah, that it's just sort of trickled down in, into all of us in the way that we continue to, to give ourselves away. It's, just, it's, yeah. it's our culture uh, now as a church. And, you know, so I'm surprised even just looking, looking back, having been with this, when we started multi-site, we had, we had no idea if it was going to work. <laughs> uh, we didn't know if we were making a terrible mistake. Yeah. Um, well, we were told by many that it wouldn't work, yeah. right? I didn't think it would yeah. work. <laughs> I, was, I was convinced that it wouldn't work. Um, I, think, I think our first uh, planning meeting, right, you, you told me this is a horrible yeah, idea. Yeah, and then I just needed a job. And so <laughs> can't be that bad. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm surprised by that, surprised that we get to do that. And now, now honestly, that I, I get to, to, to work with some of my closest friends. Um, and that's, that's, a, that's a treat. Yeah. Well, and even to fast forward, nine years later, you going from the skeptic to having this moment at the Olathe campus where we announced we're going to plant not just out of the Leewood campus now, but out of Olathe. Leewood's going to have their first granddaughter uh, church. Mm -hmm. And our expectation, this is going to take a long time to build up, get people excited. And, and two months later, we had 120 people ready to jump in. Yeah, and so yeah, we start yeah. Shawnee in January instead of, of August or even the, a year later in January. So we're able to start six, faster. Six months uh, accelerated, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just incredible. And, and to be a part of that church service, hearing Nathan 
to preach and send out people out of his church. I mean, we, you know, we don't want to preach bad sermons and have people leave. We preach a good sermon <laughs> and have 120 people leave. And that was just this incredible moment, people walking up to me and saying, I've never heard a pastor preach like that and be committed to this new work in this new place. It was an amazing moment. And a powerful reminder of just the amazing God we serve. I mean, I know at Olathe, sending out, what was it, 100 people, and within six months, right, that yeah. we've replaced? Yeah. eight months, nine months. Yeah, and nine added months. on top of that at Olathe mm-hmm. to see that kind of growth. We know it's not Nathan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we really do serve an amazing, no, in all seriousness, I love, um, that's amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, to no, see God bless absolutely. this strategy that um, we, we think we agreed with, but to see him bless it has just been incredible. Yeah. 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 And alongside of all of that is just the amazing generosity that God has continued to stir within this congregation. I remember one of the first times as a fellow, like I came to my first elder meeting, I'd heard of deacon meetings, I'd heard of elder meetings, leadership team meetings, and I'm expecting, okay, here's the agenda, here's a certain complaint and so on. And I step in and I find these dynamic leaders. And one of the first topics on the table was this monumental gift to start a whole new campus in Brookside. And I thought, where am I? I remember leaving with Tom and Kevin and some of the other fellows and thinking, every elders meeting is amazing. You know? And they said, yeah, kind of. But, you know, was, and you but, learned quickly. <laughs> no, but, but in the midst of that, we've seen God's generosity through yeah. his people just yeah. continue to stir and really fuel this mission. That's been really surprising for me. Yeah, and one of the amazing things is I have been involved in starting the downtown campus, ended up going to do the work of leading the Brookside campus, and Gabe had joined us as as a fellow in downtown, and what allowed that shift to happen was just really God's incredible positioning of Gabe as a leader, as a fellow in downtown. He had a heart and desire to work in a city center, and one of the things that has just amazed me is not just that Gabe had that heart, that desire, and was in the right place, but truly watching from afar now what he's doing in, uh, in downtown and seeing he's a better fit in that role than I would have ever been, which is just an amazing thing uh, to see happen. And so, um, Gabe, it's just it's a treat to get to watch you lead and work there um, and would have just never expected it to be so beautiful and how God has, has orchestrated these, these You roles. and me both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember when we, when we were thinking of Brookside and the, the idea came up of possibly Bill in that spot and, you know, and looking and thinking... We can't do that because of the goodness of downtown. Mm-hmm. And yet to recognize that, I mean, I love to say it was a grand plan. Uh, like it was <laughs> a grand was, plan. It wasn't ours. <laughs> it just wasn't ours. Uh, that yeah, God yeah. had um, God's plan. something yeah. at, in, at work back behind there yeah. and the preparation of Gabe coming in. So, yeah, it's fun to, when you get a chance to stumble into that. And that feels like in many ways that's the history of Christ's community. We, 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 we don't know how we got there, but somehow or another, God was at work <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. in spite of us, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so let's think about the future. And I'd love for you guys all to uh, chime in a bit on this question. Um, as you look forward now to the next five to ten years, um, I don't know if this is the right question, but what are ways you're hoping you will be surprised? Um, I guess it wouldn't really be surprised if you're hoping for it. But um, just think forward a bit and, you know, let's... Just have a bit of conversation. What would, what, in what ways are you hoping that God might surprise you? 
Well, one thing we're doing really soon uh, is, is focusing more on integrating our faith and work and how does our faith impact our work. Yeah. And, and not just in how we think about our own Christian lives, but how we serve and love our city through our work. Mm. And so we're starting a series on that really mm. soon to help us unpack that. I'm really excited about that. And obviously related to that is this whole made to flourish thing. And uh, we shared a little bit about that. Um, I think we all know what it is, right? Um, but uh, this incredible opportunity God's given us, it's still so new. I would love to see in five years made to flourish really having a national impact and equipping pastors yeah. Yeah. Uh, to do this faith and work integration in their churches all over the country. And one of the things I love about this too is we've always been about trusting God to multiply leaders yeah. and yeah. disciples, right? Yeah. And churches. Yeah. And what we're seeing too is something we wanted to do for quite a while. And Kevin, you know that yeah. we've been praying about this is how do we help bring leadership development into the life of everyday life and vocations of everyone. Mm. And so when we think about the Kansas City Fellows Program and the Kansas City Fellowship Initiative is to create this one year exposure for younger students who are coming out of college mm. to press into the vocation that God's calling them to in an integrable way in the local church and families. Mm. And so I'm just really thrilled that we are not only developing people who are called to the pastoral vocation, but to all of life vocation. Yeah. Yeah. It's something we wanted to do. And now with the cancer, and part of that is a partner we've had so deeply in our hearts and committed to is Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. All of you were a part of that. And, mm -hmm. and, and we, I've served on the board and we've been working and part of the Kansas City Fellows Program allows us again in, in multiple other ways to bring an extension site of Trinity. Yeah. So Trinity is going to come here and we're going to have a theological educational center mm -hmm. that will allow us to expand our mission in developing leaders, multiplying disciples, and multiplying churches. Yeah, yeah it's really yeah. amazing to think of the possibilities, you know, in both of those. But even thinking of the Kansas City Fellows, I remember mm -hmm. when we first heard that idea, there was this statistic that was uh, shared with us that 60% of the people who go through that program stay connected in that community in that local church. Mm -hmm. And just to think, you know, again, looking back at the long history of our pastoral fellows program, yeah. to think of the Kansas City fellows over the next 10, 15 years to have 100 plus um, people investing in the marketplace, investing in our city that mm -hmm. started well. I mean, that's, yeah. it's really powerful to think of the possibilities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Somebody else, somebody else jump in. Yeah, I think uh, kind of picking up on this idea of investing in our city and even beyond that into our world, one of the things that I think there's a potential for God to really surprise us in, in ways that we can't even fully imagine now is as we've grown from one campus to, to five, um, we have an opportunity to be reaching out into our city and around the world in ways that we never could have imagined six years ago. Yeah. And I think we've done some new uh, strategy work, both as it re reflects in, in global outreach, global uh, extension ministries, as well as, as ongoing work in local. And I'm just eager to see what's in store for us there. Um, is five campuses deployed across our city. I think the opportunity to impact our neighborhood as well as to have real yeah. relationships with brothers and sisters in Christ around the world yeah. uh, is just an area of, of real potential surprise yeah. for us yeah. and joy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and a piece of that too is even as, as I thought about what, what I hope for Christ community in the future is, is praying. One of the things I regularly pray for is 
people who don't know Jesus to meet yeah, yeah. And, and come yeah, to faith yeah, yeah. in Jesus. And I know that's something we've talked about and prayed mm-hmm. for, that as we live in a, a world that increasingly, especially our culture, increasingly just church and Jesus isn't a part of, of people's mm-hmm. lives. We long mm-hmm. for that. We pray for that. We'd be present in our neighbors, mm-hmm. neighborhoods and neighbors' lives and that they would meet Jesus through our church, through our people scattered about our city mm-hmm. and come to faith in Christ. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's, that's, that's why we plant churches. That's yeah. why we mm-hmm. continue to do that and want to be a part of that. And, you know, I don't... I don't know what that's going to look like, right? None of us do. And, um, but I get excited thinking about uh, additional campuses. And, and who knows when, who knows how. And the last thing we want to do is get ahead of God. But um, you have to see those people coming to faith in Jesus and being able to connect into a community in their neighborhood. Um, that gets me really excited. Not because, not because we're, we're great or we've got it figured yeah, out, but because yeah. uh, new churches reach, reach new people. Uh, yeah. and we want to do that. Yeah. And with that, I mean, just thinking back once again to that first time sitting in an elder meeting and hearing how God laid on someone's heart this radical generosity to continue to fuel the mission of multiplication, mm-hmm. specifically in facilities and how that becomes a gathering space and where private faith, or faith becomes very public within a community. Mm-hmm. I think it's me very excited about when we think about a space for Shawnee and looking for this more permanent and public space mm-hmm. where others can gather and it can become a ministering space for the broader community. I think about that for downtown and for future campuses or even Olathe's expansion, expansion, expansion yeah. Olathe. as you guys continue yeah. to blow the roof yeah. off your place. I mean, as we think about yeah. these things and how God works through the generosity of his people, it's, it's exciting to imagine what could be in five, ten years. Yeah. Well, I know I speak for Tom in saying that it's a great joy to work together and I think that's one of the great treasures for us for me in particular that uh, the way God has brought this team together and to be able to share um, this journey with each of you. Well God really has uh, surprised us in big ways over the last six years and, and one of the surprises that was mentioned in that video that Tom mentioned was this Kansas City Fellows Program, which six years ago uh, we had, uh, had, hadn't even really begun to think all that much about what would it look like not only to have pastoral fellows, um, and actually every one of us who's a campus pastor was a, was a pastoral fellow at, at one time, and so seeing the legacy of that over the last six years uh, and even longer is really incredible. Um, but this idea of training marketplace leaders. And this morning, we actually have uh, the Kansas City fellows with us. And so I'd love to invite uh, Kevin Rockman. Yeah, let's give him a hand and those fellows to come and join us. And just want to introduce them uh, briefly to you so you can know their, their faces. And Kevin, share us a little bit about what's happening there. Yeah. Well, thanks. Good morning. Good morning. It's uh, great to be here. I'll just speak loud. All right. And um, so yeah, it was pretty much, it was uh, teed up pretty well on the video, but we've been actually going through um, with Christ Community Campus. This is on week four of a city, citywide uh, tour, trying to see every campus to introduce names and faces of this Kansas City Fellows Program. And Tom did a pretty good job, and also Kevin Harlan did a good job of kind of talking a little bit about what we're doing. But in terms of multiplying leaders, we feel like this is one area that God was leading us, and it came up probably about two years ago is when we first started really thinking about uh, the faith work integration for new college graduates or recent college graduates as they, as they uh, get started well in their careers. So we thought it would be interesting to uh, at least give you a little flyer, so you should have seen that on the way in. Um, you have on one side the pastoral fellows, which include Brookside's very own Paul Brandis and Anthony Emerson, among others, but um, the Kansas City Fellows on the other side, just to kind of give a little bit of background and bio on who these people are, we've gone actually uh, over the last few months 
kind of in a startup mode. We've gone to uh, uh, five different states from Minnesota down to Oklahoma to recruit uh, new people coming out of college, thinking who would God bring our way that would be interested in learning more about the seamless life, connecting Sunday to Monday and living out your faith in, a, uh, in, the, in the workplace. And so the people you see up here, we've got six of the seven here with us this morning are, are those very own Fancy Fellows. And they actually, for those of you who were at the CG 2015, we're also serving um, with uh, the church yesterday, and um, we're, so we're excited to be here and just to give you a chance to a little, learn a little bit more about it. So the program is set up as paid work internships, and um, we have several businesses and organizations that are represented in Brookside that have provided work for a few of these fellows as they get started in their careers. There's also host families, so they live with families within the church. So again, there's there's been people all over the city in, in Christ community that have open up their homes to have these fellows live with, uh, live with them for this nine-month period. There's also a learning component that was talked about on the video through Trinity Seminary. We're also doing some spiritual formation training and also mentoring. So each of these fellows has a mentor assigned to them in their field of, uh, in their field of education to kind of have someone to bounce ideas off as they get started. So, and then the final piece is the service. So the service in various organizations. So we have Monday through Wednesday, they're all working. Thursday, we get together and do some training. Friday, often, and Friday and Saturday, we're doing some service within the uh, Kansas City community. And this will go on throughout this whole year, this whole school year through May of 2016. So just welcome. Uh, would love for you to make sure you introduce them. Think about coming into a new city with a new job and sometimes a new family to live with. Um, introduce yourself uh, to date, if you would. And then if you would, also pray for us this year as we go through this program. This is a startup year for us. So thanks for having us today. Great. Thanks so much, Kevin. Let's give these folks a hand. This is one of the things that uh, I'm just, I'm really excited about. Like Kevin mentioned on the video, the potential of, of class after class and the influence here in Kansas City and across the country as marketplace leaders who are, uh, have had an opportunity to think deeply about their faith and their work and how um, that contributes to the common good of our city and beyond is really, really exciting. Um, God has surprised us, and we believe that God isn't done surprising us as a congregation. And so this morning, we want to take a little bit of a look uh, at a passage of Scripture uh, that I think gives us some direction as we look ahead to where uh, God might be uh, calling us forward. So if you have a Bible or grab one from the pew or on your phone and turn to the book of Joshua, um, if you are using one of the few Bibles, it's on page 178. Also, if you don't have a Bible of your own, if you're a guest with us and you don't have a Bible at home, we'd love for you to take that one uh, home with you uh, to have a Bible there. Uh, Joshua is in the Old Testament, um, kind of after the first uh, five books uh, there in the beginning. So turn to Joshua chapter 1. Uh, in many ways, the context of Joshua 1 uh, couldn't be more different than ours today. And yet the lessons that we learn are just as relevant today as they were 3,000 years ago. And, and just this past summer, uh, we spent a lot of time learning about uh, Moses. Um, and Joshua is the guy, uh, the leader who replaces Moses as the person who's leading God's people into the promised land. Which means that Joshua had vivid memories of how God had worked in incredibly surprising ways in the past and also great expectations for how God would continue that surprising work going forward. And they're on the, the cusp, they're on the edge of the land, getting ready to go in, 
They're on the edge of something new, something exciting. And God tells Joshua and his people, and, and through them, us today, uh, three things for staying on task together. That we need to let God be the mission, to let God have our fears, and to let God be our courage. Let God set the mission, let God have your fears, and let God be your courage. So first, let God set the mission. You see, it's not just Joshua and the other leaders who are determining what should happen, determining what's next. It's God. And I just want to read part of this Joshua passage for you, beginning in verse 1. This is after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. The Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over the Jordan, which is a river separating the land, you and this people, into the land that I'm giving you and to the people of Israel. And then if you skip down to verse 5, it says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you, Joshua. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be very strong and courageous, being careful to do according to all the law of Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it on it day and night. And we've talked a lot about meditation in the context of our series on prayer and the Psalms. You shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, then you will have good success." As you read those verses from Joshua chapter 1, you can't miss that, that God is the one leading. He's the one setting the agenda. And also notice the centrality of his word in that. This book of the law not departing from their mouth, that they're, they're meditating on it regularly, that God's word, that this book sets the table. It sets the agenda for his people. God sets the agenda for our families, our businesses, our personal lives, our public lives, and certainly for us as a church. And the last thing that we want as a church is to be ahead of God, doing something he hasn't called us to do, or to be lagging behind and, and missing where he's calling us. And here's the thing. We don't have some grand vision, some idealized future of what Christ's community should be. We, we simply want to be faithful one step at a time to what he's revealed in his word. You see, Christ's community is built on a mission. It, it's not built on a personality. It's not built on a team of pastors. We center ourselves in this book, and we let God set the mission. At least that's our desire. We hope we're doing that. So let God set the mission Second, let God have your fears. One of the things that I love about the story in Joshua is that God's greatest concern for his people actually isn't the threats that are around them. Because as you read on in the book of Joshua, you find that there's all kinds of enemies that are surrounding them. There's all kinds of obstacles that are in their way. But that's not God's focus here. In fact, God is clearly more concerned with their fears than he is with their enemies Three times in just four verses, God tells them, be strong and courageous. 
Verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It's the emphasis on God's presence. He's with you wherever you go. And I'm convinced that we face the same threat here today. We don't have the same enemies. We don't have the same kind of tactical challenges that they're facing. Yet our fears are one of the biggest barriers to us truly following God in faith where he's calling us. Uh, worse than any obstacle, fear actually it paralyzes us. It keeps us from moving forward. It, it locks us in where we're at. Now, I felt this personally as we were preparing to move to a second service. This is just our second week of doing this. And as we began to embark on the planning process, there were so many fears. Fears of the unknown. Fears that all of you would come to only one service. And one service would only have two people. Um, there's all kinds of fears that faces us in, this, in the process of doing this. And let's be honest, there's a lot of things to be afraid of, right? And, and not just adding a second service. That's probably pretty low on the list of fears. But we live in an ever-changing world where, where there's no shortage of things to be afraid of. If you look at economic realities, external hostilities, internal strife, hard decisions, um, the own junk in our lives, regret, pain, broken relationships— and when you let God set the mission for your life, for your church, the, the, the biggest thing involved in that is releasing control to him. And the one thing that, that keeps us from being able to release control, to, to open our hands, is, is fear. Uh, I'm someone who's very much afraid of heights, and I, I always like to think that I'm not, but whenever I get more than, you know, two or three feet off the ground, it's, this platform's okay. I find myself just clinging on to anything solid. Fear forces us to do that, not be able to release control to trust. It stops us in our tracks. So, so what are you afraid of this morning? And even as we think about next steps in, in our life together as a church family, what would it look like for you to take a next step in the midst of that? And what fears are holding you back? And maybe you're here this morning and, and you don't consider yourself a Christian yet. You're just kind of checking it out. And we're so glad that you're here. We want this to be a place where people can come and, and figure out who Jesus is and what it means to follow him and if this is, is really true. And maybe you've been here for a while checking it out, exploring, and, and you've kind of been on the edge of saying, maybe, maybe this Jesus is the truth, but what's holding you back? I mean, for some, maybe it is a loss of control, or maybe it's a, a loss of, of identity. Of, I've, I've never identified myself with, with the church or some kind of formalized religious system thing, and I don't know if I want to do that. I mean, it's a loss of pride or freedom. And I understand, I get all of those. Or maybe you're here this morning and, and you are a Christian. Maybe it's taking the next step relationally that scares you. Uh, maybe you've, you've not wanted to get involved in a community because that would mean really kind of letting other people into my life, and I'm not sure if I'm ready to do that yet. Or, or maybe you're in a group right now. You're in a community group, but you've really held back. You haven't let people see the real you yet. For others, maybe the next big step is a place to serve. 
um, you've heard us talk about as we've moved to a second service, there's just lots more opportunities to serve here on Sunday morning. And there's amazing opportunities around our city through our vocation to be serving. But you're, maybe you're afraid of losing an extra hour on Sunday. I really like just coming to an hour, one service, Bill. That was great. I don't know if I'm ready to, to come twice. But I do want to say that right now is a fantastic time uh, to jump in and serve with us. Uh, you've been hearing, we've been talking about this volunteer appreciation event that we have coming up. So at minimum, if you jump in and serve with us, you have the opportunity to have some great food and ice cream and all that kind of thing. I know you want to be a part of that group of people. That's next Sunday. Uh, for those of our volunteers who serve on a regular basis, first of all, let me just say I'm so thankful for so many of you who have jumped in and served. Please come next week after the second service to be celebrated. Um, and to just, we just want to say thank you in the midst of that. But find a place to invest. I, every time I talk to someone who jumps in and serves somewhere, they always talk about that being such a key moment of when it's really started to feel like truly my church home. This wasn't a place I just came and, and kind of received, but really got to invest in. This really felt like my church family. So I'd encourage you to find that place. Another area that scares me is the, just the area of generosity. We talk about investing. Um, it's easy, I think, for all of us to, to really enjoy hanging on to, to the money that God's entrusted with us and the things that it can buy. I know that's true in my life. It's hard for me to think about taking new steps of generosity and the sacrifices that that involves. Do you see that the mission requires generosity from all of us to support new campuses? One of the most amazing things about multi-site is that we're able to start campuses that in the first instance wouldn't be financially viable, but because of the strength of the whole, we're able to step out and start new things with the support of the whole. It's what we're doing in Shawnee. It's what we did here in Brookside and downtown in Olathe. And what we see is that when we start these campuses and new communities, that they're transformed by the good news of Jesus, that people who weren't coming to church are now coming, that people who were nominal Christians are, are growing in their faith and becoming mature followers of Jesus. And as we think about what does it look like to start future campuses or to expand facilities at Olathe, I mean, they're on the verge of, of having to add a second service there because of the number of people who are coming to that place. God might be calling us forward in generosity in unique ways in the coming days. So let God set the mission, let God have your fears, and let God be your courage. Again, three times God tells his people in Joshua chapter 1 to be strong and to courageous. But the emphasis is never on their wisdom or their ability. The emphasis, the reason behind their courage, and I, I highlight this when we read it, is their, the God's presence with them. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You see, he's our hope, our mission, he's our joy, he's our courage, and he's here with us. He's promised in Jesus that he will never leave us or forsake us, that his presence is with us as we go forward on mission. And what we find is that where God's presence is, his provision and his protection always follow and that actually builds within us as a people a hopeful realism. Realistic because we don't sugarcoat the realities of the challenges and the fears that face us. We're really honest about those. All those things that I listed to be afraid of, they're real things to be afraid of. But because of God's presence with us, we're not despairing in the face of them. We have a deep hope that God will build his church, that his mission will go forward. 
He cares about his mission for this world, for the church, for your home, work, school, more than than any of us possibly could. And we are called to be faithful in that mission, and he's promised to be with us in it. And so it is a great delight to serve as a pastor at Christ Community. Like I said at the beginning, the people that you watched on that screen are some of my very best friends in the world. And it's an honor to serve with them, to be sharpened by them, to, to be cared for by them. And I love my job. And not to mean that there isn't hard days and there isn't hard things, but I love serving here in this role. And you as a congregation make it incredibly exciting and joyful because so many of you are living this stuff out so beautifully. I, I hear about how you're, you're praying for our church, praying for our mission, how you're using your vocations in the world to advance God's mission. Um, every Sunday I get to meet people that you're bringing with you, new friends who you're saying, come and, and join us and see what's happening at our church. And I'm continually amazed, we just had the congregational meeting, of the, of the generosity that this congregation exhibits again and again and again. That we can be a church that, that doesn't carry any debt right now. It's phenomenal. So thank you for letting God be your courage. And he will continue to surprise us. Again, not because of who we are. The gospel is never about how great we are. But that God's invited us to do this. He's promised to build his church, to keep building his kingdom through the church. And we get to be a part of that. Both here in these walls as we gather together each week to be reminded of the good news, and then even perhaps most significantly as we go out into the world to the various places that God has called us in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our workplaces. And this is all for Jesus, our Savior, our Redeemer. He's the center of the mission, He's the center of all of who we are. And by His grace, we will continue to give ourselves away in our neighborhood, in our city, in our world for the glory of the gospel as we continue this decade of deployment. We don't want to turn inward. And it's always easier to turn inward, and it's so much easier. But we don't want to merely exist for ourselves because that's not what Jesus did. He came and he gave himself sacrificially for each one of us. It's what God has done for us. He paid the ultimate price. He came, he suffered, he died for us, not just individually, but collectively as his people, his bride. He gave us everything. And we want to follow him in doing the same. And we trust that God has not done surprising us yet. And so this morning as we come to celebrate communion, we we do that as a reminder of the centrality of Jesus in our mission.